Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. Welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are two missionaries from Focus. And we'll explain a little bit more about what that is, but our missionaries today are Michael Ansakara and Zach Fiedler. Welcome, you two. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure. And if you wouldn't mind, let's start with Michael Ann. Would you please lead us in a brief word of prayer? Absolutely. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for this time you've given us to speak about our mission and um, the things that you're doing in our lives and the way that Focus has been able to affect college campuses. Thank you for our host, Rick Howick, for allowing us to come here and share this good news with you and with your viewers and listeners. Um, And I ask that you just guide this conversation and be in our hearts and for all those who are being affected right now by COVID, um, that you bring healing to those homes and those houses. Um, In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son. Of the Holy Spirit, Amen. No prayers for USC. Oh shoot! You are so much trouble. Lord, please bless USC. There's a reason for that for everyone who's listening, and it is because. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to rub that in there, Michael. No, you're totally fine. Uh, because our, the focus missionaries are actually uh, domestic missionaries to the college campus at USC, and in fact, focus now is uh, at many college campuses. I know there's at least seven in the Southern California area on which uh, Focus is active. And Focus is a a group that we've had on once before, about a year and a half ago, something like that, because I know that we had uh, missionaries that were at, I believe, are still at uh, UCI. So I happen to have known Michael Ann for a very long time, going all the way back to kindergarten. I was her principal at a school that she was at for a while. And uh, then for the last four years or so, she kind of dropped out of sight. I heard things about her because she was at a Catholic school in North Dakota, uh, St. Mary's, as I recall. Is that what it's called? University of Mary. University of Mary. The University of Mary is a top-notch Catholic school, for those of you who are interested. And it, of course, took and helped prepare Michael Ann to become a focused missionary, though they also prepare people to become doctors and lawyers and other things like that. But we're going to talk about why you wanted to become a focused missionary in a couple of minutes. Zach, on the other hand, comes to us from Texas somewhere at some little school down there. Where did you come in from, Zach? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. But you weren't really born in Dallas, Texas. I wasn't. I was born here in Laguna Niguel, California. Okay. It's an Orange County person. So you went to high school at uh, Junipero Serra. I did. So that means that you actually were born and bred and raised down here as one of our group, and you went off to St. University of Mary's as well? No, you didn't. You went off to Texas. Southern Methodist University. Southern Methodist University, which is in Dallas. And you also decided, after going through, you majored in marketing. Yep, that's correct. So now you're selling Jesus to everybody. I am. All right. So we're going to talk about that as well. But before we get into your individual stories, I'd like you to talk us a little bit about what Focus is about. What is Focus? And tell us some of its background. Who wants to go first? So Focus started in 1998 through our founder, Curtis Martin, and kind of his call to 
uh, really is Pope John, Pope St. John Paul II's call to the new evangelization of going back after uh, Catholics and re-evangelizing those that have kind of either lost the faith or never knew it from the beginning. And so when he presented this idea for focus of missionaries on the college campus, going back into this place of where the majority of Catholics who are leaving the faith are in this demographic of, of sitting on campus. And so his prayer and his call brought us to college campus. It started with just two missionaries at the University of Northern Colorado. Oh, wow. Okay. Really, like Cowtown, <laughs> Colorado. And now it's, you know, across the nation and there's over 700 missionaries. And yeah, our mission is, is truly to, to know Christ Jesus. And out of that flows our desire to fulfill the great commission of making disciples of all nations. Okay. So this goes back about 22 years or so, if I do my math correctly. And it started off very small and has gradually grown from there. And you've got over 700 missionaries now. What is the focus idea? How does the system work? So I can answer that one. So um, the whole idea was sending out two missionaries. What that started with was just sending out two missionaries to, um, like, in biblical stories, you send out two, um, to really just encounter students on campus. And that's what the goal of focus is, is we encounter students on campus. We show them what life can look like and freedom in Christ. And just because the college campus is just so different from what I think they were originally intended to be, which was a place of study. And now the whole idea of a college campus is about um, what it should be, which is the whole party culture, hookup culture, drugs, and all of those things. That's what the college experience is. And as missionaries, our goal is to really just break that up and try and change the culture of campus to its intended purpose and also to bring people into their true identity and who they were made to be as daughters and sons of Christ. Okay, that tells me kind of the the mission of focus. So focus is to go onto the campuses and to remind students of their call to education and to Christ, if I got that right, to summarize it down. How do you go about doing it? What's the method behind your madness? What are you trying to do and how are you trying? We got the what. Yeah, so how are you trying to do this? We have this um, process. It's like a three-step simplified is win, build, send. So we wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Win, build, send. Win. Yes. Build, and then send. Okay, I, I can be taught. Go ahead. Yeah. So in the winning process, that's basically just creating real, true, authentic friendship and really developing a relationship with students, whether that be through Bible study, that's how you originally meet them, or encountering them in the cafeteria, meeting them there and just inviting them to maybe coffee or to lunch and just really getting to know them as a person and then building them up through Bible studies and equipping them with the gospel. And then so that when they're ready to graduate, they are adults in their faith and that they can either have families or go maybe pursue vocation um, to really just enrich in the Catholic community and bring our generation back to the Catholic Church. So you come in, you invade campus, and you throw these impromptu Bible studies to rob people away from the Catholic Church. No, that's not what you do. Do you have association with the campus ahead of time and with the Catholic Church ahead of time? How does this work? Are, they, are you invited in or are you interlopers? Yes, so we, we are invited in as okay. an apostolate of the church. We only go places where bishops have invited us to be there. Okay, that's that's really good for people to know. So here we have a bunch of young people, so you, you are all under 25, and you've decided to go give this a try by going out to college campuses. I understand there's a commitment for an initial two years, is that That's right? correct, yeah. So and a commitment of two years to try this, to do this, and you're going to basically host Bible studies that are co-sponsored sort of 
with the Catholic community that's involved with the campus? So yeah. how does this actually work? You're going to put yeah. out flyers? What are you going to do? So it's it's not the typical like big yellow sign on street corners kind of mission of where it's truly when we're going in and starting these relationships. A Bible study is a really easy place to invite someone to, whether or not maybe they feel ready for it. But it's truly kind of going and starting that relationship. And it'll usually even start with a cup of coffee, a lunch, of say, hey, let's just get to know each other. And from there, I think I often found as a student that was involved in it, many men in my fraternity didn't even know how to pray. They had heard about it their whole lives, maybe. Uh, but so often it's even starting there, that it's not even just coming to a Bible study, but it's beginning at kind of the very roots of, of what it means to have a relationship with God. And so the Bible studies are kind of this build part of it, too, of where it's not just being invited into a space, but this is a place of encountering our Lord every week outside of you know the sacraments, but a place of where it's conversation. It's where reflection and prayer can happen throughout the week through a group of people. Typically, they're a group of men or a group of women that you know can meet weekly and and share their faith, share their struggles, pray with one another, and, and stay connected to our Lord. And it's out of that, hopefully, that those encounters create this natural, you know, desire and inclination from our Lord to love others, you know, to share him with others. So we're going to get into your stories in a little bit, but I take it that you were part of a focus group on your campus. Then. I was. Okay, so you were, I assume, not a very hard-to-evangelize person because you already kind of came out of a pretty Catholic background, Zach. But you took to this and liked it and now want to do it. So yeah. this is going to involve you going out, holding some Bible studies, but you're also out there on campus, so you're going to meet up at coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going by twos. Does that mean you go everywhere by twos, or are you <laughs> – the bathrooms are closed. But other than that, you I mean, how does that work? Do you organize things every day? Do you, do you have a set schedule? How do you go out and, and do this thing? So as a team, we have a schedule as far as, like, we have daily holy hours together, and we do, like, team meetings, and we have staff meetings, and all the regular things that you should see on a team. But as far as um, reach out goes, I think it kind of just depends on um, what your, well, like, how, what your missionary role at Focus is. So, like, for example, I will be a VC missionary. There's a male VC, which, sorry, VC stands for Varsity Catholic, so okay. we're, we're ministering to the athletes on campus. So I will have Bible Ooh, you have a target athletes. audience. Okay. Yes, I will have a target Zach audience. Zach will tell you about marketing to target audiences, right? Okay. <laughs> I, can. I can. Okay, he can. <laughs> so, so varsities, you're looking for sports. Yes, yeah, so technically you, came, you could say we're going to, but you, you came out of a sports female. background, Yes, too. I did. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a minute then. So, but, so you're going to minister now to people who are sports. How do you do that? Do you go out to the games and say, hey, come to the Bible study? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I've never done it before since I'm a first year, but I think a lot of that has to do with just trying to find out where the athletes are, um, maybe sitting down and having lunch with them. Um, I've talked to a couple of VC uh, missionaries, and they um, that's what kind of what they did. They found out where do the athletes like to hang out, and then they went over, started talking to people, um, and forming a relationship that way, inviting them to coffee, and from coffee, Bible study, and then um, into discipleship. And you're doing that in twos? Um, no, so it could be individual. Okay, but when you do the Bible studies and formal things, you're in twos. Not necessarily either. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm at a loss where the twos come from. Um, it started with two missionaries. Oh, okay, okay. So you're not stuck to twos now? No. Okay. So, Zach, your focus is going to be on what? Who are you marketing Jesus to? So as a, a member of a fraternity in college, I'm an alumni of the Sigma Chi fraternity, I primarily will be reaching out to the Greek men at USC. Oh. And it doesn't mean that, you know, these are the only students that we're reaching right. out to. But this is kind of, at least these are student bodies that, for the most part of maybe their college experience, they have something that is so much a priority to them that it's so easy to get lost 
in what their original priorities sure. were. And so it gives kind of a space of connection of saying, hey, there's there's more to us than, you know, just we're Catholic missionaries. You know, we're normal people who, who went through college, who went through this and, you know, through prayer and discernment of encountering our Lord, wanted to go back and saw this need for, for being there. So we reach more than just our Talk, yeah. Our target audience and our demographic. Okay, so if someone comes along and just wants to talk to you, oh, absolutely, I will talk to they them. don't have to be an athlete. They <laughs> no, don't have to no, be no, a no. Greek person. No. They could even be a Greek reject if they they could. They could, yeah, or they could talk. absolutely dislike the entire Greek system, and, and you'll still accept them because absolutely, Jesus was beyond Greek or Hebrew. Okay, yeah, all right. We are talking with two missionaries from the Focus Missionary Group that ministers to people on campus. It's a fairly new organization in the grand scheme of things, uh, a little more than two decades old. It started off with two people at a campus in Colorado and has grown to now there are 700 active people who have been invited by the bishops of these different universities where they're located to join in to the campus ministries that are there. You're a part of, you're involved with the campus ministries, and you will be involved in campus ministry like at USC, for example, right? Yes. yes. They're nodding their head yes. Okay. So... When we come back, I want to shift gears just a little bit, and I want to find out a little bit more about Zach's life story and Michael Ann's. And I think we're going to start with Michael Ann's, because I know Michael Ann's just a little bit. I can correct her on her life story. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are two Focus missionaries, Zach Fiedler and Michael Ansicara. And when I say Focus missionaries, we were talking last section about what that means. It's an organization that started off about two decades ago, uh, just before the turn of the millennium, and uh, has grown to over 700 missionaries that are active on campuses throughout the United States. Their presence is invited on campus by the uh, bishops involved, and they work with the Catholics that are there, but they do kind of a one-on-one style of missionary, if I get you right. The idea is to build relationships in your missionary. So it's not just you standing out there preaching to everybody. You're actually talking. So we were talking about coffee. We were talking about Bible studies intimate conversations and the like. That's, did I get yeah, that right? Yeah, that's correct. We talk a lot about, you know, St. Paul and that his desire is not just to share the gospel, but his very self. And that's kind of a lot of our model of, of how we do this. And we're called to disciple all nations. And just to disciple someone means that they actually fall in love with the person that is discipling them. And not that they're going to fall in love with you, but they're going to fall in love, hopefully, with Christ exactly. who you're representing. Which also brings me to another part of this. I was talking with Michael Ann, and I know that you have a two-year commitment to this, but your first year has a, a vowed sacrifice. Now, by the way, none of you at this point are intent on becoming priests, nuns, um, or the like, at least yet. Is that correct? For me, yeah. I... Okay. yeah. But it's it's not necessarily something that other missionaries haven't thought of, but perhaps have had it discerned through this yeah, process. Yeah, there's some, especially even men that I would know through going through the, the interview and application process to where they knew that these two years of formation as a missionary of focus yeah. were going to be beneficial to their life in their religious community, in their parish, knowing that, you know, they at least are 
taking that step afterwards, going into seminary, or some of them are even accepted into seminary, and they're sent to, hey, do this first. Do this first. That, that's really cool. But some of the missionaries go on to become married. I know we were talking. Yeah. You have a supervisor. So you are being overseen. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you have a supervisor, and she isn't here. We were talking about having her here. She's busy right now. She's on her honeymoon. So we know that some of the people, I think that was your supervisor, wasn't it? Going on the yes. honeymoon? Yes. Uh, so some of the people that go through here discern the call to marriage, too. So this is not just for people who are interested in becoming a priest or a nun or a brother, but for anybody who wants to spend a two-year missionary period. However, I just was starting this off, though. You have a, a one-year commitment to not date. Is that? Yes. Yeah. It's a date-free zone for you <laughs> yes. all. You have a, a what do you call it, a date fast? Dating is that what you fast. call it? A dating fast. So, Michael, let's start off with you for just a moment. What is this date fast, and why would you consent to this? So I think a lot of people are think I'm crazy, especially like older people think I'm crazy. But um, I think it's really important because the whole purpose of the dating fast isn't so that it's like, no, you can't date, you can't like have a relationship. It's really to treat, to make us rethink about how the way we look at people because the world tells us to look at each person from the opposite sex as a potential partner or someone to date or piece of meat. And what this allows us to do is really to just encounter the people we're with and treat them as our brothers and sisters in Christ and to remember that each person has a soul and they should be treated as such and not just as a potential partner. So this gives you the excuse and the strength to say, no, I can't, no, I won't. And so thank you for asking, but no, I won't. <laughs> but it also means that your focus is, is on the mission is on the mission yes. because there can't be any alternative motives or you're out of the program or you violated your contract. Yes. You violated your contract. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know how all the, you don't know what the punishments works, are, but, but um, yeah, 30 lashes of the wet noodle or something. We don't, we don't know yet. They've got to yeah, it's, it's really just so we can focus on our mission and really give ourselves fully to the students. Michael, and why would you do this? Tell me a little bit about what drove you into this this crazy idea of becoming a missionary to college campuses. So, um, like I said, I went to a college campus that was Catholic, and it's joyfully Catholic. I love the University of Mary. Let me stop for a moment. So University of Mary, everyone get this straight. She comes from Southern California originally. She's Her family moved recently to Arizona. So she's from the heat. And she goes up to the tundra of the United States in order to go to this little tiny school up there, and it's an absolutely wonderful Catholic experience. Yes, Um I will say the beginning of my experience by my own choices um, was a little bit different probably than most people who go to a Catholic school. So I did go there because of I wanted a Catholic education. I knew I wanted that. But I also had a running opportunity there, which was one of the best, m biggest blessings in my four years there. So you're a runner? Yes. Okay, not in Logan's run, running away from Sandman. You're, you're a, a track-type runner. Yes. Okay. So um, when I got there, I quickly found out that athletes have a completely different culture than um, – what a college campus even has. And so um, my first two years, I struggled a lot with just like the pressure of what athletes kind of just are attracted to, which is we work hard, so they party hard. And so I just really was struggling with what I wanted as far as... You mean Catholics at a Catholic school well, still party and drink from time to time? <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. Um, but for me, I was really just grappling with what I went there originally for, which was to deepen my faith, but also feeling like I needed to be a part of this team and what that looked like and what people saw as being a part of that team. So um, it just really kind of hit a low my, at the end of my sophomore year. I just was struggling because also my identity started getting completely wrapped up in my athletics, and I can put all my self-worth into the times I was putting down on the track, which wasn't going well, so therefore my self-worth went down. Um, so, <laughs> you, were, you were not called to a career in athletics. No, not at all. But she's okay. Because in high but, school, you did pretty well, as I recall. For, did okay. I mean, maybe in a smaller state in California, 
nothing, but it's okay. I'm totally free to say those things. I have no okay. qualms with it. But um, anyways, so at the end of that sophomore year, also, though, one of my teammates on the team, Emma, she started a Bible study with us, and that really just became a beautiful thing for me. Um, I was still going to church, but that was my extracurricular, not my sports. And so her encountering me and really just investing in me and my heart became so life-changing for me. I was always, like I said, I still went to church, but I encountered Christ in a completely new way as an adult, as someone who realized that they needed a prayer life in order to really have a relationship with Christ. And so that Bible study completely just like flipped my world around. Um, I started, I was happier. Also, at the end of that year, she also asked me to start leading the Bible study, and I totally felt out of my league. I was just like, Emma, I just started a prayer life. (laughs) Like, I can't lead a Bible study. And she just continued to encourage me and just was like, Michael, you can do this. And she told me something that really was the thing that I think ultimately has led me to be a missionary. And she she just told me, Jesus doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so that was something that's kind of stuck with me because I've always felt like, oh, I just don't have enough knowledge. I don't have the eloquency maybe to even be a missionary, but just realizing it's not, it's nothing that I will do. It's how the Holy spirit will work through me. And so the end of my junior year had full plans of just applying to grad school, going to grad school. And, um, I was challenged by a focus missionary on campus to apply. And I just kind of was like, well, let me back up. Was this friend of yours then part of focus? Yes. Emma went on to become a focus missionary, but was she at the time that she invited you to the Bible study? She wasn't, she was a senior. And so she was, um, applying to be a focus missionary. So she wasn't part of the focus group other than... She was leading a focus study. Okay. So she was under another focus missionary. Okay. So before that, even though you were at a Catholic school, and there's all sorts of campus Catholic identity at University of Mary, so in, in no way are we denigrating the University of Mary. No, not at all. But for whatever reason, all of their Catholic outreach and campus ministry wasn't working for you. Yeah, and I think... Part of that had to do with being an athlete. I was so wrapped up in being an athlete. Um, way too cool for school. Um, President um, Monsignor Shea puts on these beautiful president seminars where he talks about all these things. But so I was an athlete, I was too cool to listen. And I just sat there on my phone the whole time because I couldn't be bothered with what he has to say. And then as I became more involved with this Bible study, because we had a missionary who reached out to us, I started realizing how much I had missed that Monsignor Shea had been sharing with me since my freshman year. Um, and I just realized also how beautiful the Catholic environment is there because I was such in a bubble with the athletes. So in a way, this Bible study that this semi-focused person, I don't know how to so a focused person who was not a, a full-time missionary but was being discipled, discipled yes. put on, kind of worked in tandem with what was available to you on yes. campus. yeah. To enhance or almost a catalyst yes. for you to engage your faith. At the campus. Yeah. So your last year or so, how did that end up going? So I was applying to grad school and just had a lot of anxiety because I really didn't know where I wanted to go for grad school. I know what I wanted well, to do for grad school. What was your undergraduate degree? Speech therapy. Speech therapy. Okay. So I knew I wanted to go pursue that, that master's degree, but I just didn't yeah. know where I wanted to go. Did I want to go to California? Did I want to go to Arizona? Did I want to stay at UMary? Um, all these things. And I just didn't really know. I was getting tired um, with school and but I still just had so much life with the Bible study and sharing my faith and finally was just like really fulfilled by that. And so um, when the missionaries told me to apply and at first I was like, I have to go to grad school. Like that's, I don't really have an option here. And then she just asked me to take it to adoration. And I just found myself <laughs> um, every time I would pray about it, my heart would like flutter in a way that wasn't 
the way it was fluttering for grad school. And I just found so much peace with it and so much excitement. And every time I talked about it with people, I just got so excited about it. And then when I went on interview weekend, the community there is just so beautiful. What's interview weekend? Interview weekends where we go and we um, get interviewed to be a focus missionary. You don't just become one. You don't just right. get, you have to go through interview process. You only want the ones that are too cool for school. Yeah. You don't want the ones who are too cool for school. You okay. want people who love school. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So, and I mean, you have to go back to college campuses. So that's true. So I went there and just seeing all the these young people who. So have, wait, is this like a gathering that they have? For yeah. Like a so week, or how does this work? So for me, I went to the Minneapolis interview weekend. Okay, so it's a it's a whole weekend, like I assume, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that type of thing, or yes, something. Yeah, like it's that. it's more of a recruitment weekend. So it's like this okay. whole time, it's not just them interviewing us, but it's them kind of sharing all the aspects okay. of what it actually is of of being a part of their. So it's it's kind of the two way street. You're you're interested, and they're trying to decide if they're interested in you. While they're also trying to continue to to um, acquaint you with why you might want to take this route. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you I came just, away from there more convinced. Yeah, just the community of seeing all these other young people who want the same thing to bring souls to heaven was just really powerful to me, and I realized I wanted the same thing. Okay, so you are deciding at the end of your senior year to do this. Why USC? How did that happen? So we don't actually get to decide where we go. Oh. Um, granted, I said many prayers to send me somewhere warm. I was done with the tundra. <laughs> um, I didn't know I was going to actually get to be sent to USC. We all find out um, on placement day. And, um, yeah. Okay. God bless me with USC. Okay. So you get to start at USC. Zach came in from Texas to go to USC. You're both going to start this next term. You're not funded by the Catholic Church directly. You're funded primarily by private donors, aren't you? Yes. We're going to want to talk about that our last segment, because if anyone wants to give money, they can. We're going to find lots of ways for them to be able to do that. But in order to do this, you're basically self-supporting. So you're not even uh, taking money from the school. You're not taking money from the diocese directly, at least not much, unless they give it to you. You're taking money from... People you call up and say, hey, I need to have a monthly income. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than just like, hey, can you give me some money? Um, it's definitely, we call it mission partner development. And it's really because we want that partnership and the relationship. But what I'm getting at is you're essentially not a drain on anybody. You're an added benefit and your funding even is something that focus generates. It's not something that's primarily done through the school or through the diocese or through even focus directly you're having to generate your own funds. Yes, that's correct. So Focus has their own national benefactors, but for us as missionaries to be on campus, it requires you know our own support for month-to-month mission expenses. So coming back to this then, so you're still in the process of trying to raise that money, right? Yes, sir. When we come back, we're going to talk to Zach, and we're going to find out a little bit more about his story. And then we're going to come back to Michael and Zach and talk about how you might be able to help empower. But in the meantime, please listen to these messages and we'll be right back and welcome back to orange county catholic radio on the beautiful campus of christ cathedral where catholic faith is crystal clear i'm rick howick your host and with me today are two focus missionaries they're laughing at me for saying that line i always use that line I, i it's the old crystal cathedral how can you not use that line I've been using it for five years now. <laughs> Zach, leave me alone. Zach is one of these college students who are wheedling their way into the hearts of campuses all around the country. Focus, we've been talking about for the last couple of sections, 
is a missionary organization that goes invited to different college campuses, sets up with a, with some missionaries that are they have oversight, but they're essentially in addition to or complementary to other programs that might be there, and their job is to kind of do more or less an, an individualized missionary program, one-on-one to small groups, Bible studies, those types of things, to build relationship in order to genuinely take time to develop individuals for Christ. Zach, did I kind of come close on that? Yeah, you definitely did. Good, because I wouldn't want to, to be criticized by you <laughs> on anything like what my taglines are. <laughs> so, all right, Zach, you're at marketing. Um, at least you learned how to do that in college. What's your story? What got you involved with Focus? Why did you decide after a brilliant career in school to become a marketing manager, you decided to become a Focus missionary? What happened, Zach? Yeah, so I I think as we said earlier, I grew up in Orange County. I was baptized as a little baby, a couple months old. But that was truly kind of the extent of of my Catholic faith growing up. My family would pray together, um, but typically we would only be in Mass on Christmas and Easter. And when I went to J. Sarah Catholic High School as a freshman, well, I wait, truly... Wait, let me back up for a moment. So yeah. when you were in elementary, did you go to a Catholic elementary school? I didn't. I went to a non-denominational Christian school. Okay, so a private Christian school. Yes. So you had kind of a, a, a Christianity in your background, yeah. and you might have been kind of a, the project for a while, but you yeah. didn't go to Catholic school. So you yeah. went to J. Sarah. J. Sarah is a very well-respected Catholic high school in here in Orange County. Uh, it was set up uh, originally by Tim Bush and a group of people who wanted to build another Catholic high school in South Orange County, and it does a fine job of forming people. So you encountered the Catholic Church at J. Sarah? Yeah, truly for the, the first year that I was there, it was really, you know, like like we'd said, I, I had at least a Christian background. You know, my family at least, you know, prayed with us before we would go to bed and that kind of thing. Okay. But, the Catholic faith was never the priority. It was always sports. It was academics. And so that's why I went to J. Sarah. It was a, additionally to being a very well-respected Catholic school, very good academics, very good sports and Trinity League. And that first year was truly the, the first presentation of what the faith really was. You know, of all the stuff that I'd heard about Jesus and even the stuff that I'd heard about the Catholic Church, I just hadn't really heard it before. And so getting to be in those theology classes, getting to have time, each week to pray in the chapel, having mass for the whole school every Wednesday, really started developing my faith of this is actually what this is. And I got to make this choice. Do I really want to listen to this? Do I really want to think about this and pray with this? And so through those years uh, as an athlete, as, as a student, I was still thinking, okay, I just, I want to be good. I want to be a good man. I want to be a good student, a good athlete, and, you know, get into a good school. And uh, that was kind of where all my priorities were. But by the time senior year came around, it was really desiring more than that, seeing this wasn't really fulfilling. But hearing all of this about morals and virtue and these lives of saints, I was just drawn to it of where I was saying there's more to, to just being good than being good, you know. And so getting to actually go on a retreat, the very last opportunity that I could have as a senior in high school through going to the sacrament of confession, through Eucharistic adoration and, and being prayed with, with one of the campus ministers, I encountered Christ for really the first time where I knew this was this was a living person, that that host in the monstrance was God. That was Jesus Christ present. And I didn't want anything besides that wow. for the rest of my life. Wow. So you had a faith conversion experience as a Catholic at Hunapara Sarah High School I did. on retreat. That is fantastic. 
Yeah. So meanwhile, you then go off to Southern Methodist University. Yep. Grand Bastion of Catholic Faith there. It's actually the largest Christian denomination on their campus is Catholic. Wow. Which is funny enough. Uh, no, that's not too surprising, but okay, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Southern Methodist University, you go there, and what happens? You yeah. joined a fraternity. Yeah, I did. Okay. So I. What did you like join church, the fraternity or the parish? What was that? Did you join a local parish first, or did you join a fraternity first? The parish. Okay. So they have spring rush, so I had an entire semester to think about it, and it was truly something that I was kind of afraid of going into it, because, you know, I had already applied to all the schools by the time this, this senior year of high school retreat came around, yeah. so it's not like I could, like, do it over and pick some Franciscan, you know, or yeah. something like that, and yeah, going into it, I knew that the focus was going to be on there. My campus minister at J. Sarah, like, told me that, hey, there's something called Focus that's kind of just getting traction. And so I knew to look for it, at least. Okay. And so through kind of some of the guys that were alumni of J. Sarah that I just knew who to look for, at least when I got there, were kind of how I, I met the guys that were in the fraternity. But I was still really cautious of it because I'd kind of, you know, heard the stories of what it's like being on campus and to just be in Greek life makes it all the more hard. To, Greek, uh, Greek life has some real positives. Greek life can give um, some cohesion. Yeah. It can give uh, support, but it can also give a lot of temptations Definitely. to organize bad behavior. Definitely. So there's pros and cons to Greek life. I don't know if I said that yeah. well, but I... No, I, I think you really did, and that was my experience with it, of where everything that I'd heard about it you know, was not what I was encountering when I was meeting these guys. But it was truly through getting to sit down and talk to them and even share stories of that encounter with the Lord on that retreat to be able to share Christ with them and have conversations. That's when I realized I don't... I don't have to just be in here and, and follow with the flow of things of what the culture is doing, but I can actually share my faith here and have guys that, you know, a lot of them were from Orange County to where we grew up with some kind of Christian backgrounds. And to be able to, to share that with them, actually, as I was at SMU meeting a missionary named Chuck, who is a focused missionary, he invited me to a mission trip in Ecuador. And I'd always kind of wanted to, to do it. And I think he asked me in October of freshman you said year. You said that See, a little bit. <laughs> Enough to get by. Okay. Yeah, to get by. And uh, I, I said yes like two months after being on campus. No idea what it would cost, when it was even going to be. And he was like shocked that I just like said yes to something that he didn't even give me details for. Um, but it was truly that that trip was almost a time of, you know, conversion again, of it, where it was, you know, getting to love and serve the poor in a place like that of where they had an amazing ministry that we were working with, that we were invited to, to be there to serve. Now, wait, that whole this, time. this wasn't a focus. It was a focus mission trip. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but they were linking up with another group that's doing missionary work down there. Focus yes. doesn't do Ecuadorian missions no. before. No. So but they link up with other people. Okay. Exactly. So this was kind of helping you experience other. That's really cool. Yeah. So they're, they're able to help reach out focus. Focus yes. isn't isolated unto itself. It's uh -huh. interspersed with everyone else. Exactly. Involved. All right. So it was through this trip of where, you know, it was serving the poor and encountering Christ that I just grew in this desire to to love him on my campus. Every time that I was getting to visit homes of, of locals in, in Ecuador, I was just thinking of how much I wanted to share this faith with the guys in my fraternity. And so I came back for sophomore year and ended up starting a Bible study. It was a part of discipleship with focus. And this is truly, you know, what, what the model of it is, is that it's not just, you know, going to campuses and, and talking about Jesus with students and talking about what it looks like to follow him, but it's actually being invited to now go share him. It's that what we're doing is trying to equip students for that send, for not just here's how to follow Christ. And this is a model of, of what we can take into our parishes, into our families, as we as college students 
it's allowing us to be formed for lifelong Catholic mission. Wow. This reminds me a little bit historically, and I'm a historical type person being as old as I am, but sorry, I've got Zach laughing again (laughs) going, but this reminds me a little of what St. Francis tried to do, but not with college campuses, obviously, but where in small numbers, getting back to the basics, getting away from all of the trappings of artificial formalities that can sometimes stifle parts of ministry, Francis went directly to the people to disciple them, to do one-on-one small groups and to preach to the people, preach to the birds if he had to, to preach and to, to disciple and to talk. Yeah, and that sounds very similar. I mean, there's it nothing is. new under the sun. It sounds very similar to the model that you're using. We, we kind of refer to it as the little way of evangelization. The little way of evangelization. Yeah. So this is is uh, now about 20 years old, and but I want to finish your story here in a second. But in other words, this group had a tremendous impact on you from just one missionary and one relationship. Yes, it did, and it, it gave me this you know, connection of someone tangible to our the Catholic ministry at SMU. It gave me someone to not just have accountability with, but someone that I knew would, like, be there when I showed up. You know, that if I wanted to talk to someone, he's probably, you know, in the chapel if it was during adoration or if it's, you know, I can grab him after Mass and say, hey, I was really struggling with this this week. Can we talk about this? You know, and it, in addition to that, there were, there were tons of guys who – were also a part of discipleship with Focus who were able to to talk about our faith, to talk about what it was like trying to share Christ in the different areas of our campus, whether it was you know, in a business uh, study group, in a sports team, in my fraternity, in just what's happening in the Catholic Center already. And so it was truly through that just one relationship that got me involved more than just showing up on Sunday with our ministry there. And so so what, well, what, what got you then to where you are getting ready to go to USC. Yeah. How'd you get from being a senior at SMU to where you are now? Yeah. So getting to be involved with Focus as a student, truly, it gave me this chance to, to discern what would this be like if I did this full time? And that was kind of my, my whole prayer and, and frustration with being a student, trying to have this Bible study in my fraternity, trying to reach out to the, the younger underclassmen at SMU, trying to be able to balance all of this of, you know, altar serving, being able to still, and also, you know, study marketing and get a degree and graduate. And it was praying with what would this look like to actually be formed full time for two years and give the Lord this time and wow. say, this is it. And so it was truly through, through par- praying about the desire of, you know, this life of adventure, but this life of, you know, grace of this is all we're doing full time. They don't have other jobs. We're on this team and we're just going to be reaching the students at USC, by the grace of God. And not even dating. Not even dating the first year. <laughs> so he's saying the first year. He's got the days barred. He's counting down. But in the meantime, you've taken a real, both of you have taken a real serious commitment here. I won't call them preliminary vows, but it's kind of similar. You're signing a contract to come in for two years. You're having to raise your own funding your commitment is to do full-time ministry one-on-one in small groups at a college campus. You've got supervisors helping you do this, but this is essentially all on you. You scared, Zach? Not really. I think it's, you know, part of, of what we get to do is we, we've been trying this, or at least I've been able to try this as a student, 
you know, I've at least had a little bit of experience. You know, it works. Yeah. I, I, I believe in it now, you know, and, and I see it and I get to now have a team of, you know, five others that we're doing this every day. We're praying together, going to mass together, having this, you know, time of, of talking about the frustrations of it, of, you know, the rejection that can come, but just getting to continually look to Christ and, and seeing the ways in which we can just continually be transformed to him. Wow. You are listening to two very inspiring young people who are joining the Focus team at the University of Southern California this coming year. They're part of Focus, which is now nationwide. It's about 22 years old. There's more than 700 missionaries, and they're making differences in lives. When we come back, we're going to talk about where these two are going from here, what struggles they're continuing to face, and we're going to even go ahead and try to figure out how all of us can perhaps help out a little bit through prayer and through um, money. When we come back, we'll talk about why that's so important. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are two young people who have elected to give the next two years to being missionaries for a program called Focus, which goes to college campuses and does one-on-one and small group evangelization to build discipleship in people. And it's been very effective, so effective, that these two in my studio have decided to spend their next two years doing what was done with them. And so with that in mind, um, a couple of things I want to make sure we get into before we start talking about where we go from here. So there's about 700 missionaries or a little bit more than 700 right now out there, according to your annual report or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And that's grown from just two only 22 years ago. But in the time that Focus has been in existence, 800 plus, there's been more than 800 people who've gone through what you're going through, a two-year missionary journey or more if they stay on but who have eventually decided to become a priest or a nun. So this is almost a, a vocations machine. <laughs> so very interesting because, uh, and, and I want to ask the question of each of you, has this been something, is that what you're planning to do with your life? Are you planning to become priests and nuns? Or are you kind of in that in between? We were talking about your supervisors on their honeymoon, on her honeymoon. Yeah. So it does. it's not for everyone to do that route, but they're still doing missionary work. Where are you two in the process? Michael, let's start with you. Um, so honestly, I don't know what the Lord has in store for me. Um, I'm definitely going to take this first year on the dating fast to discern um, where God is calling me as far as a, like a specific vocation. So I guess I can't really give an answer, um, but I'm definitely not going to like close my heart to anything. Okay. So you like the idea of getting married. Yes. But you're also liking the idea of doing full-time ministry. And they're genuinely in in tandem for you right now, yes. pulling in, pulling you. They're both pulling you in different directions. Yeah, I I guess for me, as far as going like wanting to be a nun, I wouldn't necessarily say like I have a huge pull towards that. But I definitely I've never seriously discerned that. So I don't want to just close that because I've never seriously discerned it. Um, I think as a woman of faith, I have an obligation to at least open my heart to the possibility of that. And so since I've never done that before. Really? Because you ask yes, people. Yeah. I've, I mean, someone's asked me, like, oh, have you thought about it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's for me. But I've never seriously sat down and prayed about it. I think it's it's a scary thing for a lot of people. And so I think 
not to use it as an excuse, but I think the dating fast is a really great way to at least try and open yourselves. So this gives you two years, one really intense year of really thinking about it. All right, Zach, you look good in the collar. A little white thing right up front here. So where are you in the process? Yeah, you know, I think having this time with formation for focus, I think lay mission work has really been a desire of my heart, you know, and so getting to continue to do it, I don't know how long that'll be after our two years. Uh, but I think, you know, as of right now and in the discernment that I've been able to walk with my spiritual director is that if it's a call to seminary, it's at least not yet. Okay. You know, it's at least That's not fair, though. signing up now. Yeah. So. But this is something you're still open to if God's going to call you. Yeah. And we'll see because, you know, two years are committed to focus and all it takes is a month of prayer to say, hey, maybe it's seminary. And then for all of our families that are listening that have kids that are getting ready to go off to college, if your university has a focus group, you might want to make sure you steer your kids toward this organization because they will develop friendships and relationships that will be very helpful to them. This is something, though, that's only on a few campuses. I know when we did the program a couple of years ago, uh, it was with a group out of UCI, the focus that's there. I think there's seven in California, seven universities that have focus you're at USC. In order to go, you have to do primarily your own fundraising. So how's that going? You have to raise a minimum towards a, a normal amount. So the normal amount is supposed to be a, a monthly of like $3,200 monthly. And your minimum is how much to get started? To go to campus, I believe the number is around 2100 Yeah, right? something like yeah. that. And it's the the number of 32 is, is based on kind of their own research of what like a base salary for a professional campus ministry is. So what you really need right now is $2,100 a month for people who are willing to give that monthly or in one-time checks that can be spread out as they do the figuring for it. So how are you doing? Are you, are you already there? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. So the idea that you're going to be able to do this means you still need to be raising money. Yeah. How does this work? So do they help you at all with this? I mean, how do you go about fundraising in order to be able to be missionaries? It's obviously working for people because you've got 700 that are doing it, and they're all fundraising the same way you are, right? Yeah. So, And it's a 501c3, so it's, it's... It is a nonprofit. So it's a nonprofit, and it's totally tax deductible because of that. I just want to make sure we get that out there. And that's for anything they would give directly to you two for your version of it versus as well for the organization at large because you're covered by the 501c3. So how does this work? Yeah, so we kind of go through as a part of our, our formation and training, uh, specifically training and fundraising of, you know, how to how to talk about our mission, how to, you know, sit down with someone and really share this vision and invite them to join us on it. And so I think Michael had mentioned it earlier that, you know, this isn't just kind of like you're helping financially, but it's really getting to invite people who, you know, can't be on campus, be there with us. You know, for them to be able to send us and us to be able to come back every school break, call them a couple times a year, a couple times a month maybe even, and pray with them, really share the fruits of what's happening on campus or some of maybe even the despair of some of the, the frustrations and struggles. But it's really getting to, to invite people into this in a really special way of, yeah, what we fundraise is exactly for our mission, like for us specifically to be on that campus. So for myself, Zach, to be at USC, for Michael and to be at USC and to be able to to love these students freely, to be able to, you know, have them over for dinner, be able to to grab lunch with them, have conversation of, of really be able to love them. So people can go to a website we're going to get about in just a moment, but people can go there and 
and specify, I want this money to go to Zach Fiedler, missionary to USC, or to Michael Ann. Uh, Michael is actually spelled M-I-C-H-A-L, no yes. E, right? And my name on the site is just Michael Sakara. Michael Sakara. A lot of just my close family I'm sorry. You know what? No, it's that's okay. Of, I, this is the leftover for me being your principal when you were kindergarten. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, so Michael Sakara and Zach Fiedler, uh, both missionaries to USC, so they can specify giving an amount to you. So say, for example, they decided... Every day they want to give a dollar to you. They could give thirty. They could commit to thirty dollars a month for say twelve months, and you now have funding that's going to be counted toward your funding sources. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. 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 And so it's it's set up real easy to where it's, you know, it's not necessarily a dollar or it's you know what that looks like, but it's truly each month you can set that amount and it'll automatically kind of link to your to your bank account like a okay. normal online donation was. So like you would for any kind of a recurring payment, there, yes. mm-hmm. the request is to be able to do that. So this is through Focus, which is, again, a 501c3. It's associated with the Catholic Church in that it's invited on campus by the bishops in order to go. It's making real improvement in the lives of our students that are there. God knows how our campuses are doing right now, and I happen to know, too, since I'm involved with a campus uh, that you see, it's needed. So for anyone who's interested in finding out more information, they can go to the focus.org website to get more information on Focus itself, and they're going to have all their information up there. They're going to have their annual report up there. They'll have all their financial information available somehow through there, like a normal website. But they can go to focus.org backslash give, and then they can go to another backslash and find a name. Is that right? Yes. So it's really that simple. So focus.org backslash give, and then another backslash and put in Michael Sequeira, S-E-Q-U-E-I-R-A. Lots of vowels. Yeah, lots of vowels. And then Zach. Is it Zachary or Zach? It's Zach. Z-A-C-H. Yep. And then uh, Fiedler is spelled F-I-E-D-L-E-R. Yep. And so either to go to Michael Sequeira or Zach Fiedler's part of the website, focus.org. So then go there to focus.org itself, find all the information out, Make sure that everything is on the legit 501c3. Get all that information. And then if they go to focus.org slash give, they can then find your name. I have to put another backslash in. But they can find your name and be able to designate this is a donation that's going to go toward your fundraising. And then that money, all of that money, is going to go toward your account. And so it can be distributed in all the ways that need to go toward your rent, which in California and Los Angeles is higher than a lot of areas. Congratulations, you're going to USC. My condolences, you're going to USC. So it's kind <laughs> of a both excited end. about it. We're very excited about all the money you're going to have to raise in order to do that. But that's also kind of where we're at right now. If we're looking at seriously trying to fund things that actually work, and I think this is something that a lot of people, when they're looking at the money, they give away to charities. They want to make sure this thing actually works. Focus actually does one-on-one work. You two are living examples of how successful it was. You, Michael, and at a Catholic university where the university programs were set up, but they weren't reaching you. This helped facilitate their programs reaching you. So yes. it worked in tandem really well with you. And you, Zach, at a non-Catholic school, being able to link up with people who were Catholic, who helped polish you into a Catholic missionary, uh, this program works. And then to have, out of 22 years, over 800 people start the process anyway of becoming a priest or a nun or a brother is an incredible success story. And, of course, it has the endorsement of all the bishops at all the schools that are doing it, or they wouldn't have invited them in. 
So for anybody, I know I've our family has given a little bit to Michael Ann. I'm sorry, Zach, but I'm only giving to one <laughs> right now. But we, we've got you on the air. We're hoping that you're going to get somebody who who Thank likes you. the idea that you challenge my tagline, <laughs> and that they can go to focus.org backslash give and then find a name and being able to give it. There are lots of missionaries on there, though, so there's other people that they could give to. If they have a special school, if they have an alma mater and they find out, wow, I've got a focus team at that school, they could do that too. Yeah, they can give directly to the team account, which goes towards the team's expenses as well. That's so cool. Yes. So you two are going to be starting on a brand-new missionary tour. I hope that lots of people throughout the Southern California Basin give you lots and lots of money. Please, all of you, pray about it, especially if you can get to the the divine sacrament. Pray about it and be able to lift it up before God about what you're able to do. If you're able to give uh, $50 to a cable television network to help watch um, different Saturday shows, can you give a little bit to um, people who are doing missionary work for God? I want to thank you, Zach Fiedler who is going to be a missionary at at, uh, USC, God willing, with all of your fundraising. And I want to thank you, Michael Sequeira. I will try to drop the end part. Sorry about that. All good. Michael Sequeira, who's also going to be a focused missionary at USC. Zach, would you do us a favor and lead us in a word of prayer for all those who are intrigued by this whole prospect? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this time getting to discuss your plans for the world, the ways in which you're moving our church to to reach the young, the youth, the generations that are to come. We just beg through your love and mercy that you can bless our mission to allow us to freely be able to serve students at USC and for our entire apostolate to serve on the campuses that they are on. Mama Mary, we just beg for your, your intercession in this as the first missionary to your cousin Elizabeth We just beg that you bring these petitions to our Lord. Watch over us. Wrap us in your mantle as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Amen. Zach and Michael, thank you so very much. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We've been talking about focus And if you would like to have this podcast, you can go to OCCatholic.com, go to the radio tab, and then you can go to OC Catholic. And we will have this up shortly after its initial broadcast. Again, you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will see you again next week.